Uh, so it's an appropriate time to bring in our TSN Sens reporter and the host of Snack Center, Claire Hanna. How are we, Claire? Snack Center. <laughs> Julia and Mike, I am full. Okay, I was hangry that day, but Snack Center saved the day. Yeah, okay, so I have to inform Explain. our Snack viewers. Center, I always please. feel bad for our bureau reporters on trade deadline day because, I don't know, like, they got to wake up so early. you got to hang out basically by yourself, Claire, and we're all hanging here. At, like, do you get a little bit of FOMO? Uh, yeah, but hold on. Do you guys get pizza delivered? Because I'm always concerned that I'm missing out on some beef. No, so the, food like, well, I... the food is bad. The food is bad. I'm going to yeah, be honest. It is lonely. And you know jerky. what? I'm seeing the footage of you guys all like having this little party in the studio, and I'm like, what are we missing out on? Are there inside jokes? Like, yeah, there's FOMO. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. And that's why I hope you got FOMO from all my good snacks. We did. So you and Bruce put together your own thing. They had a whole snack spread going for Snack Center instead of Trade Center on the desk in Ottawa. It was incredible. I love that. What was the go-to yeah. snack? Well, okay, I would call it more like a shark. You would have liked bread. it. Ooh. We had like we had some brie. Oh, we had some really good Gruyere. The Gruyere was the hit. Um, nice, like, different types of crackers. Like, you know, the crackers that have the nuts and the seeds and the, and the berries, like, actually oh, yeah. baked into the crackers. Oh, we had those... And then, I mean, like, Bruce, I mean, I hope he's listening. I'm going to kind of throw him under the bus. Like, he just got fruit screwers. Wow. <laughs> and, 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 like, two muffins. Okay, sorry. And two sandwiches. He Okay, he did his job. He did stuff. But, like, I feel like mine was more charcuterie-centered, and his was, like, kind of, like, little meals. But it was great. And I even had kombucha, too. Wow. You carried the team on Snack Center Day, and, and you're out there carrying the team in Ottawa, our, our TSN Sens reporter, Claire <laughs> Hanna. And, like, what a time it is to be alive in Sens Nation right now, Claire. Can you just start by telling us about Saturday night and the whole experience? Jacob Chikrin makes his debut at the Canadian Tire Center. There's we Ripped want playoff chances. <laughs> like, it was, just seemed like an incredible night. I'm trying to think of what part was the most exciting. Was it... When he took Jacob Chikrin takes his first shift, so he he was playing on a defensive pairing with Eric Brandstrom, the third technically third pairing, and so he gets out there maybe two or three minutes into the game um, on a face off, and he skates out, and the place erupts. Like people started to stand up, and I remember asking him about this after the game, and he said he didn't know why people were were cheering. He thought maybe something was on the jumbotron, and then he realized it was kind of for him, and he said he felt like. Nervous. It made him nervous. Which is the cutest response ever. Um, that was one moment that stood out to me as a, a goosebumpy moment when he scored his first goal. The place went nuts. And then, as you already mentioned, in the third period, they started like the whole section beside me, and then it kind of spread to the whole Canadian Tire Center. Started chanting, "We want playoffs." And you kind of like you stood back and you thought, okay, has has this moment arrived where this team it's truly playing meaningful games? But can they can they get back to the twenty seventeen style playoffs? Like who knows? But it was belief for I'd say one of the first times this season, which is pretty cool. Well, you look at the record since January twenty fifth, second best of the entire National Hockey League, seven eighty one win percentage. Like, what's been different? Like on the ice, how do they look different? How are they winning these games? Like, what look? What makes you think this could be a playoff like season? I've, I've been trying to put my finger on this, Mike, and um, this is going to sound so ridiculous, <laughs> but I tweeted out. Remember, there was this. Conversation. It was during practice. I think it was January 23rd. And after practice, DJ Smith, Claude Giroux, and Alex DeBrinkett 
had this 15 minute conversation by the whiteboard and as media, you know, like that's not normal. We, we noticed it after five minutes and then we noticed it after 10 and then we're like, what are they talking about? We throw things around. Like they're debating if you should have pineapple on pizza, like who's going to get a spray that like we were joking about this stuff, but that after that they've, I think they've gone 12, three and one. And it was, like I'm not putting all of all of the momentum on this conversation, but I think there was a, a, a moment in the season where they're like, "Okay, we we really need to make a push." That's also when Ridley Gregg got um, called up from the AHL. Mm. He made his NHL debut. He played with Claude Giroux, and I think it was um, I think it was Alex DeBrincat as well. And like they kind of got things going, and this momentum just started to build. And you know, you win a couple games, they believe it a little bit more. Um, and I think I think that's like it's just continued. And then they won the two games against Detroit, which really put them in the playoff pack because they needed to make points up against their divisional rival. And so it's it's just I don't know. It's like a train that's not slowing down. And I'm really interested to see what happens now um, after Chicago's game, but as they head on that road trip uh, through the Western Division. Yeah, I loved your question to Pierre Dorian and his answer, too. You you asked him kind of what he thought the TSN turning point was, and he pointed to that game against Boston. Like, do you find it, AB and I were just talking as we were bringing you new in, do you find it interesting that the Senators are the only team with a winning record against Boston this year? Like, is that just storybook if they sneak in? Yeah, oh, I lo- and I love that you brought that up, the fact that it was a loss that made Dorian yeah. turn into a buyer. But when I think about um, the first game of the year, or, sorry, the first time they hosted Boston was, I believe, their, I think it was actually their home, home opener. opener. Yeah, yeah, and they won that game. And, I mean, that back then, like, it was only Boston's third game of the season, so we didn't know that Boston was going to be just this like, juggernaut this year. Um, but when they won that game, it was like vibes, you know. It was really, it was yeah. a really positive feeling. And then they went to win four in a row. And then um, I, they beat Boston once on the road, and that was crazy too because I think that came at a point where they weren't doing very well. And I, I think that might have like ignited their belief. And I know they lost to Boston recently, but I remember watching that game, and it wasn't the same feeling as many of their other defeats where they let things slip away or where they just didn't play up. They played so well and lost to a team that was, you know, that is playing this incredible level of hockey. And so I don't, I, I think it was kind of like a funny time for Pierre Dorian to change his tune, but it also doesn't surprise me at all because even on Twitter, you could see all these people being like, whoa, like they played so well against Boston. So you knew Sens fans were happy despite the loss. With Claire Hanna out in uh, Edmonton, our TSN, uh, Edmonton, Ottawa, our <laughs> TSN sends reporter. Um, on Ryan Rashog on us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Claude Giroux, Tim Stutzla, and Brady Kachuk. Those three gentlemen, I think, are, are kind of the three guys leading the charge here over the course of the last little bit. What what impact individually would you say that those two have had, or those three have had rather, on this team, and what we've seen from uh, the group of late? Okay, all three have had totally different impacts, in my opinion. Um, and I was, I was really thinking about Claude Giroux on the Saturday night because, to me, he might be at the heart of this turnaround because of what he brings in terms of leadership. And I don't even think we as the media see half of it, but just, um, like, you know, he's up at that whiteboard sometimes with players on the ice at practice. Like, he has invented a play that they're going to try on the on the power play you know it's like and he's he's telling these guys how to do it 
even just the way he acts on the bench sometimes, like so focused in on the play or a fight, and guys see that. Like they, they react to how Claude Giroux, um, you know, is in terms of his maturity. And so I think he's been massive. I, I know you also mentioned Tim Stutz, but like he's just he's been blossoming since I started covering the Senators, which was last season, but has totally found a new gear here as the top line center. You know, like he is he is playing with the big dogs every night and not showing like he, he, he belongs. You know, like he's he's kind of arriving. And then um, I think the third one you said was Brady, right? Brady, yep. or was it Alex Debrinkit? Brady. Brady? Yeah, and he's he's like the way he plays so physically, but he also I think he still is the points leader with the Senators. And it's funny because he kind of goes under the not under the radar. He gets a lot of points, but because he's so physical, you always think of him just being that physical role. But he's a points getter too, so he's kind of you know ticking a lot of different boxes and leading as well. So you're you're just seeing this young team that for so long it's been like oh look at the potential, look what they could be. Well now they're they're starting like. The horizon—they're on the dawn of the horizon. Like this, this day is beginning. So how long? How long can they keep it going? I don't know. That sounded like a Japanese proverb. I, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the mood around the team in general? Like they just seem like a really tight group yeah. with this good mix of grizzled vets and and these young guys who are up and coming. Have you noticed a, a shift in in kind of the mood around the group over the past month or so that they've been winning? Well, it's interesting you bring this up because I think they've always been determined. And when they had the slump in November, they were they were pissed off, and they admitted that too. But one thing that's actually impressed me is throughout this stretch, they haven't gotten too high. And I think that if they were a really young and immature group, they could get over their heads and be like, "Oh my gosh, it's like so exciting! Holy crap!" But they're 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 taking this like a little more gently, which I think is showing that. They know there's still a lot of work to get done, and they don't want to get ahead of themselves because that really psychologically might cost them. So they, I think it's cool that they're just taking this one game at a time. But I think there's like the, the one shift I see is the belief. Like they believe they can get into the playoffs, and that's really powerful. So we'll see if they can maintain that. Do you think that playoffs are necessary for the season to be success, or do you think the fact that they put themselves in this race? And we'll be playing meaningful games in March. Is is good enough to call this season a win? I actually do think it's good enough to call the season a win because they, at the beginning of the year, there was never a mention of the the goal being playoffs. It was always playing meaningful years, or years, meaningful games at the end of the season, and they have put themselves back in this playoff picture. So I think it's already like they have achieved win. It's going to be disappointing, no doubt, if they don't make the playoffs. But I think if they can at least sustain this. So um, we, were, we were crunching the numbers um, during trade, or I mean, stacks on our trade center, whatever right. we're going to call it. <laughs> we we're crunching the numbers on what they needed to do. And I think right now they need to go 13, 6, and 1 if they want to make the playoffs. Pierre Dorian thought 95 points was the magic number for their team. Mm. And that would mean at this point going, yeah, 13, 6, and 1. So. If we kind of keep an eye on that as this kind of progresses and if they're in the hunt, that's exciting. But yeah, anyways, going back to your question, I think this should be considered a win given how they've really overcome a, a really bad start to the season and gotten themselves back into it. That's really all fans wanted and could ask for. But yeah. That to me would be a bonus. It's true. They looked down and out for for a portion there. AB and I were poking around the strength of schedule, Claire. Does, does that scare you? I'm sure you've looked at... Uh, 
how difficult the path is for Ottawa down this last stretch of the season. Uh, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> like they've got Boston again. They've got Toronto. They've got Florida. They've got Tampa. And I know Tampa's in a slump right now. But they've just got teams that have um, been tested you know, in the past few years that have playoff experience, that have tasted it and know what it's like to get to the postseason. And they're going to be so hungry to get back there because you know the Toronto Bay Police want to, you know, get past the first round, get a cup. You know Tampa Bay wants to get back to that Stanley Cup final for the fourth time. Like, and I don't know if that's going to be too much for the Senators to handle, but what's crazy about a young team is, like, they've got, they're playing with house money. Like, they kind of have nothing to lose, and so that makes them scary because these other teams, they have everything to lose. So that's going to be interesting psychologically. Like, I just think the psychology of all this is really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. looking. They got Boston. They got Carolina twice. They got the Devils. They got Toronto twice. They got Tampa twice. And then out west, they still got a game against a uh, playoff team in the Seattle Kraken. So that's that's good for the and fourth. And the Oilers. And they got the Edmonton. So that's good for the fourth hardest schedule Oof. remaining down the stretch. So if Ottawa does sneak in, damn, that's well-earned. Absolutely well-earned. And uh, should position themselves to, to have themselves, you know, at, at least I think a decent, decent series against the Boston Bruins. Um, I'm curious, Claire... We're sitting here and we're thinking, in Toronto, we had a conversation about goaltending. How much of a factor <laughs> is goaltending going to play, though, into what happens with the Ottawa Senators the rest of the season? Yeah, that's ooh, that's a good one. It's going to be a, a big factor. Mad Sogard, I think he's now only had five or six starts this season, and he's not lost in regulation yet, but he's still that young goaltender that, like, I would argue he hasn't really been tested, you know, on that on that grind of the travel and all that stuff at the NHL level. So we'll see if he can maintain. I mean, so far, so good. And then Cam Talbot's been, like, a bit streaky. He's been up and down. But what I think is optimistic about him is he bounces back, right? He might have a bad game, but then he still continues to deliver. And he's just – he's He's like kind of a Claude Giroux type in the in the locker room too. Just with the veteran experience, he's been to the playoffs lots of times. So even if he might not be bringing it on the ice, I think in the locker room he's doing things. It's funny. I was talking to Mad Sogard in the locker room yesterday, or maybe two days ago, and he said that um, during their game in New York, I think Mad Sogard was starting that game. He or no, sorry, Matt Sogard was um, on the bench in that game. Cam Talbot was starting. Mm-hmm. But Mads asked Cam Talbot something. He, he needed to ask him some questions in intermissions just about how he was feeling. And he was scared to ask Cam because Cam was, like, obviously in the middle of starting a game. But he said he was fine answering everything, and he was just, like, so chill and down to earth. And Mads loved that he could just ask him whatever about his experience and learn from him. And I thought that was really cool because I don't know how goalies function. Like, sometimes you even talk to them in the locker room in yeah. intermissions. But then he was totally open to share advice and wisdom with Matt Stogart. So, I mean, I think that, that bodes really well for the tandem right now. Well, Claire, really appreciate you taking the time, as always. It's a fun time to be uh, covering Seriously? the Senators. I mean, I, I feel bad because uh, the five years prior probably wasn't a whole lot of fun. But now, since you've been there, they've been a spunky team. It's Pretty true, good Claire. Group. You're the difference maker. You're the difference maker. No, At the end of the day, it's all Claire Hannah. <laughs> Came in at the right time. <laughs> you did. You absolutely did. And hopefully it's it's a fun final 
Final uh, final stretch is what twenty or so games left. They got maybe nineteen games, and we'll see if they can sneak into a playoff spot. But certainly good hockey being played right now down in Ottawa. Uh, really appreciate taking the time, Claire. We'll chat again soon. Thanks, Julia and Mike. There she goes, Claire Hanna, TSN.